0: Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be
1: the man, you gotta beat the man. Who is USAMIGI? Raw is Jericho! It doesn't matter what your name is! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. It's it's just it's it's the How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could wood chuck wood? You're
0: welcome. For the benefit of those with flash photography, if you can survive, if I let you. Welcome back to another edition of the Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John, joined by my good friend and co-host Rob. How's it going, everybody? We're here on the 13th for a SummerSlam preview coming up on the pay-per-view on Sunday from L.A. Um, Got a lot of good stuff on Raw, a few things from SmackDown we can talk about. I think we've decided we'll just talk about what we saw on TV this week in the first half of the show, and then in the second half, we'll go over our picks for SummerSlam and predictions for any swerves we might see with cash-ins and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do have uh, eight pretty big matches coming up for Sunday, but, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that interested me on, on television the past week. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what they did on uh, Wednesday's main event, but um, as far <laughs> as SmackDown and Raw are concerned, yeah, there was there's plenty to talk about.
0: Well, they might have uh, given, what, Zack Ryder a match, maybe?
1: Uh, maybe. On main maybe. event. I was I was thinking it's been a while since uh, since he's been around, so we may as well get him back on, uh, on a show that matters.
0: Yeah, man. He's got the new haircut and everything. He's going for a new look. So let's just jump right into Raw. Uh, we have a, a ton of material between Cena and Bryan. Uh, you know, initially, Brian has a match with Wade Barrett after the, uh, the shave-a-thon between the two of them last week. Um uh, the, Brad Maddox comes out as the special referee for whatever reason and does the quick count on Brian. So obviously he's ticked off, uh, kind of set up Brian as, you know, the underdog, the Steve Austin, you know, getting screwed over by the company kind of angle, I think. Um, so you end up having Vince call out Maddox, you know, and ask him if he can be impartial and all that. Uh, you know, and then, then you get a uh, triple H coming out. How did you, what did you think about that whole segment there?
1: Well, I, I thought it was a little weird. Um, obviously, you know they're they're trying to go along through this thing and have Vince McMahon involved and have him share his opinion. And you know, at times he shares it through Brad Maddox. So the whole thing is is kind of it feels awkward to me. But you know, it's it's fine. Whatever. Um, I didn't, I didn't really like the idea that they're adding a special guest referee, a special guest enforcer, whatever they want to call it, um, you know, Brad Maddox. You know, can you be impartial? Can you, you know, make sure that nothing wrong goes on and, you know, all yeah. this stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you've already, there's already been a lot of complaining or at least fans kind of disappointed that Triple H and Vince have been such a part of this feud to begin with. And now you're adding referee.
1: Right. Right, and it, it just, you know, what was it, uh, maybe two years ago when it was the summer of punk and, uh, you know, CM Punk was, was riding high and and he was going to have a match with Nash and, you know, Triple H inserted himself into that and it's like, you know, at, at what point can we just have a summer where something interesting is going on that Triple H doesn't just push his way into?
0: yeah. Yeah, Um, and he got a pretty good pop when he came out, which I was surprised. I'm sitting there, like, looking at his Wikipedia to see if he has any connection to Sacramento. I was like, what's going on with that? Right. Um, But, you know, I I think over the last couple of years, he's clearly trying to get his uh, swan song pops going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think what it comes down to is he, he got the pop for the same reason that Vince McMahon got the pop. You know, it's just that it is, you know it's because of his stature his nature you know yeah. his history um and, and because at that point they were hoping that he was going to squash whatever Vince and uh Brad Maddox were setting up right
0: right exactly and and that's kind of a cool little scenario i think about this is that you almost got the feeling that he's like a, it's like a check and balance system with you know and and i was thinking about an allegory i don't know how far fetched this is but almost like one of them's the House, and one of them's the Senate, you know, and, like, neither of them maintains a whole lot of power just by themselves, you know, because the other can kind of overrule what they went for, you know, and, and you could even see, like, if they were to push that kind of <laughs> allegory further, like, Stephanie would be the president, you know, she can almost veto both of them.
1: Yeah. It? thought
0: it was okay. an interesting concept, and that maybe that's partially what they're going for.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's some sort of power struggle involved there, and... Power struggles are always interesting when uh, you've got two people that kind of already have power. Yeah, and you know, so yeah, it's it's interesting. I just didn't like the route that they went with it.
0: Um, yeah, uh, and the one thing that I, the one key takeaway, you know, they both said a bunch of things, but the one that I liked the best was Triple H says there seems to be more on the line than just the WWE Championship in this match. So you know, hopefully, even though they're you know, getting involved and it's taking away from Brian's chance here. Um, It still could lead to, you know, an interesting storyline with the power struggle down the road. Um, I think him saying that is almost confirmation that this is what we're witnessing, is that there is some sort of changing of the guard going on.
1: Yeah, I I would think that uh, it's certainly um, some sort of indication that uh, Survivor Series is definitely going to have some sort of match involving two teams one one led by Triple H's guidance and one by Vince's guidance. Yeah. Um, and the next pay-per-view being called Battlegrounds is, you know, potentially uh, a sign of that too, right? I mean...
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that was that was an interesting part, and, you know, I guess now we just have to live with the fact that Triple H is going to be out there and, you know, whatever yeah. can happen will happen.
0: Yeah, uh, and we'll... we'll uh kind of theorize about whether he'll play a role in the actual match later on. Um, but I think we should go ahead and jump into the Miz TV segment.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And this, uh, real nice at the beginning there when seeing that kind of clown Miz about, you know, usually, uh, this is a train wreck or something. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but, uh, so yeah, you get a lot of back and forth, um, couple big kind of, uh, controversial statements. Um, uh, I guess the best one, at least at the first half of the promo or the, the confrontation, was, uh, you know, Brian saying that this shirt is a parody of you, but you're a parody of wrestling. Right. Uh, that seemed to get under Cena's skin, and then he, you know, he starts kind of taking the shirt off and getting all in Brian's face, like he's his father, talking about his dedication, and the fans, and the Make a Wish, and the, the kid and his father in the front row, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was like, wow, stuff got real when uh, John Cena invoked uh, his work with Make-A-Wish Foundation. I was like, geez, you know, maybe yeah. this guy, uh, you, you know, one, of the um, criticisms of Bret Hart all along that, that I heard, you know, way too many times, is that Bret took himself too seriously and that, you know, he really took his gimmick, you know, kind of too much to heart, uh, so to speak, and you know that he really considered himself a canadian hero and in a lot of ways he is a canadian hero i mean you know canada loves him you know canada treats their their athletes and their performers you know takes them at a, at a different level it's it's far different than what we have here in america and and i think to some degree you could almost make that same statement about john cena maybe taking himself too seriously and and, you know, it's not just a gimmick for him. It's not just a business for him. Um, so I, did you get that vibe that, that he was really, you know, taking things to heart?
0: Yeah, I, I felt, you know, and as I think has been going on with a lot of guys lately, is that they're really speaking from the heart, um, which is good, I think. That that gives you a much cleaner promo. You know, they're not stumbling over words or anything. They're they're just speaking exactly what they're thinking. Um and, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's worthwhile, you know, because you see, as much as people dislike, you know, the, the way Cena's been booked, it's hard not to respect the guy, you know. I mean, a lot of the things yeah. he says are true. You know, right. he has busted his ass night in, night out. He doesn't take Raw off ever. Um, right. And, you know, the Make-A-Wish stuff is obviously an amazing thing that he's been doing. So, I mean, the guy deserves the credit that he calls for, you know, that he tries to pat himself on the back with. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with.
1: Yeah, but I I almost feel like he didn't have to go there. It's like that's the part of the promo that he didn't have to delve into because you really can't fault him for going that route if this were real. You know, I mean, if this is all legit, then, yeah, I mean, why not point that out? But I don't know, I just felt like, you know, taking it there is like okay. You know, there's a reason why Daniel Bryan doesn't do Make a Wish. There's a reason why all these kids want to see John Cena. And yeah, okay, he's a good performer and whatever, but you know, he's he's pretty much a product of his booking. Yeah. But I really liked how Daniel Bryan really turned it around and said, you know, this is this is just another SummerSlam for John Cena. Whereas for Daniel Bryan, this is the match of his life.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was huge when he said that. Um, and going back to what you were just saying, I also think, you know, it's it's an example of Cena trying to convince people to root for him and why he should be rooted for, as opposed to Daniel Bryan's organic uh, rise to to fame here, with with people rooting for him because they just simply like watching him, you know, and they yeah. like what he does. So it was almost like Cena's trying to lay out a case as you know, oh I know you guys all like this this Daniel Bryan guy, but here's why you should like me, you know, rather than obviously just showing people it. he's like almost he's a lawyer trying to convince them, yeah, Um, like
1: like it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, exactly, Uh, and and I think I think it partially works because you know you start to hear kind of a. Kind of a, a split audience there when they're both going for their pops, but yeah, you're right. The, the the other line that was huge was Daniel Bryan saying it's just another scene of SummerSlam, uh, but it's the biggest match of his life. And yeah, that's that's the way I think a lot of us wish it had been portrayed throughout the month, right? That you know this is a guy that came from the Indies that was too small, was told he couldn't make it, and you know, this is the culmination of his journey. Like, that was the story I think we all wanted to hear. Right. Um, so, yeah, and then you get another great confrontation at the end with uh, Daniel Bryan talking about being in Japan and the wrestlers uh, striking each other to get amped up for their match. And yeah, then he, and I, he said, you don't deserve it because you're not a wrestler.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the direction it was going to go is that uh, Daniel Bryan was going to tell... You know, John Cena. Hey, you should smack me in the face, because I'm the wrestler, and you know maybe I need a wake up call that uh, that this match is actually happening for me. Because for a guy of my size and my history, you know, no one would ever think that this would become a reality. And I get a smack in the face every morning, That's and right. I wake up and realize this is my job. But I really like the way he went about saying, "Yeah, you don't deserve it."
0: Yeah. I think he did a good job, you know, this is clearly, the this is really the only time he's been involved, at, at least that I've witnessed, in, in a, a match of this profile that involved this much, you know, back and forth on the mic, right. um, and he's doing it with a guy that's been going back, on, back and forth on the mic with people for 10 years. Right. Uh, I mean, Cena is clearly extremely comfortable um, talking ass, you know, pumping himself up, I mean, he's, he's really smooth despite the content that we might not agree with. He's smooth and, and, and you know, he can sell people, but, you know, so I think Dan Brown held his own here. You know, he, he threw out a couple big lines there and he got seen at a strike first. I mean, I'm sure that was planned or whatever, but it, it shows in the eyes of the fans that he got under Cena's skin.
1: Right. Right. And I, you know, I, I think he did seem natural out there. He, uh, I thought he was dead in the water, and Cena started making his point about make a wish and all this stuff. Because yeah. Cena got really serious and really intense, and Daniel Bryan was just kind of there, like, "Okay, how do I follow up to this?"
0: He he was looking like it was like a dad, you know, berating his kid. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. And but I I thought um, I thought yeah, as as soon as Daniel Bryan you know got that that moment where he was like, and that's it right there, that statement that you don't respect me. I was like, wow, okay, he's taking it and he's turning it. He's turning the entire promo. He's flipping the conversation. He's making it not about, you know, whether John Cena is a joke, whether or not, you know, he's a parody anymore. He's he's taking that argument out of play. Even You know, he brought it up. Yeah. John Cena kind of was squashing it, and boom, he changed. He changed the topic. I th- I thought that was just as important um, for his development into the into a main eventer as anything that we've seen in the past month.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, point. Uh, and it, it was almost like like an example of active listening. You know, it's like he was taking what Cena gave back to him, and then figured out a way to spin it back at him. Right. Um, and yeah, that's that's the kind of skill he's gonna need, you know, because you can't something that long. I don't think they can really script out fully, you know. The guys have got to be on their on their toes here and be able to roll with the punches, you know, and and play off what the other guy says. Um, and there was no stumbling with any of the words there, so I don't feel like much of that was scripted. I mean, I'm sure some of the ideas were, yeah, but but the actual sentences and the words and getting it out, you know, it was all very, very smooth. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh. That's a big deal for Daniel Bryan. I was really glad to see that too.
1: Yeah. So I, I think I think they're pretty much set in terms of building up this match, even if there's nothing between them on SmackDown, which there probably won't be.
0: Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think either way, I mean, we'll talk about the match in the second half. Uh, but either way I think, you know, despite the frustrations with some of the build, I mean, Daniel Bryan's still gotten some very valuable experience that will uh get him towards the main event if, if they decide to go in that direction later.
1: Absolutely. And, and I had one I have one additional thought that yeah. uh, I'll bring into that when we talk about our predictions. Alright.
0: Cool. So the second main event of the evening which I don't know, I mean, they might end up putting it on last, but I guess right now they're talking about Cena, Brian as the main event uh, is Brock Lesnar and CM Punk. So we had some good stuff with them uh, on SmackDown. Brock does a kind of pre-recorded production interview thing. Um, yeah, what I thought I, was interesting, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I, I thought he uh, he seemed a lot more natural in that promo um, that was pre-recorded than, uh, than I've seen in a while out of him, so, so yeah. I thought that was definitely a plus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's good that they get him to talk a little more. Um, because you just can't have Heyman running around yelling Brock Lesnar all day. Uh, right. He's got to talk at some point. Yeah. So I thought what was interesting about that promo is that he starts talking about wrest- you know, CM Punk wrestling in bingo halls, uh, thinks he's tough because he took beginner courses in MMA at the local gym.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that was almost like the promo Cena cut on Ryan that you were upset about. Did you feel a similar kind of agitation with this promo?
1: Well, not really. And it's because I I really liked the way they they led into that part. Because if you'll remember, you know, um, he mentioned something about uh, people saying that uh, Brock is possibly jealous of CM Punk. And I liked Brock's response to that. I liked the way Brock... Set it up, and then explain exactly why he has no reason to be jealous of CM Punk, because you know he's what the two-time uh, collegiate champion. He's um, you know
0: UFC champion, a
1: UFC heavyweight champion. He was the undisputed champion, and really he wasn't. He wasn't trying to denigrate what CM Punk has accomplished, he wasn't really trying to denigrate, you know, Punk's history. but he Although it
0: was, it was great when he said, 434 days, that's impressive for a guy like you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the way he kind of built up to that is to say, you know, when I had my big accomplishment in WWE back before I took time off, you were just in bingo halls. As if yeah. to say you were still... A rookie, like I've been here a while. I've accomplished a lot. I've accomplished a lot elsewhere, and so yeah, I'm, I'm not jealous of your accomplishments.
0: Yeah, and it also has a different meaning than coming from Cena because Brock Lesnar has been gone. So it is right. important because there's plenty of fans of the product now that didn't watch in 2002, 2003 when yeah. he was when he was on top. Um, I mean, that's 10 years ago. You know, think about when we were watching in high school. That would be like someone calling back to 1986. You know, it's a long time. Right. Um, So, yeah, he does need to point out what he's accomplished. Um, And, yeah, I agree. It was good. And uh, I I thought that the best thing he said was at the end when he said, you know, CM Punk has never faced anyone like Brock Lesnar because there is no one like Brock
1: Lesnar. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Which is true. I mean, the guy's a monster. Um, yeah. So then you had a little retort from Punk on Raw where he says, you know, the beast is not the best, the best is the best. You know, they're going back and forth with the terminology there on that. Yeah. Um, but then you eventually get the uh, quote unquote main event with Punk and Paul Heyman. And Heyman comes out to the ring, says he's got a sneak attack, or it was, well, I can't remember the term that he used, but. Uh,
1: he had yeah. So it turns out planned or something.
0: Yeah. So it turns out that obviously Punk was the one with the with the sneak attack, and uh, I guess was he a cameraman or did he just come out of the crowd? I, I don't. I didn't quite um, catch how that worked. I couldn't really
1: tell. Um, he at, at the very least he came out of the crowd. I, I think. I think if he was um, if he was paraded, masquerading as a cameraman, that we uh, probably would have noticed. Yeah. Uh, Paul Heyman probably would have noticed. Um. Yeah, he probably he probably came through the crowd, but either way, yeah, he uh, he got the drop on on those guys.
0: Yeah, I like the idea that he would have been the cameraman though, because it's kind of the same thing he did with the Undertaker when he was one of the little acolytes out there, or right. the druids I guess they called him.
1: Yeah, same difference probably. Um.
0: <clears throat> but yeah, so he gets it over on Lesnar, uh, pretty pretty heavily, you know, beating him with the the camera and all that, and then uh goes after Heyman, you know, Axel tries to interfere, whatever. Uh, uh, so you pretty much kind of close this out with Punk getting the upper hand. Absolutely. So, you know, that tends to kind of tip off where they're going to who's going to win, but uh, yeah, maybe, know, we'll talk about so. that later. So.
1: Yeah, how, how did you feel about the, uh, the video camera being used as a weapon? Uh,
0: I like it. I mean, I've... It, they do it up here and there. I remember there was, back in the day, The Rock did it. Um, yeah,
1: I've seen Edge to it too, but I guess... Um, did, it, did it almost feel like they, they tried to make it seem like the camera was you know a better weapon than a steel chair? It seems like in past weeks that maybe a steel chair hasn't done as much to uh, Lesnar as what we saw the camera shot do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think so. What wasn't Cole like ranting about how heavy it is or something?
1: Yeah, maybe so.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it certainly beat him down pretty well compared yeah. to Fear.
1: So, were were you expecting Brock Lesnar to get up and do more damage?
0: <sighs> no, cuz I just feel like it was it was a standard pre-pay-per-view, you know, one guy gets the upper hand situation.
1: Yeah, I'm I was struggling to think about a time in the past month that CM Punk has gotten the better of Brock Lesnar. Uh, and it yeah. seems like seems like he probably hasn't.
0: No, I don't think he has. I mean, he's fought back against him. He's gotten shots in. Yeah. But they didn't close it out with him being, you know, the one that was on top of the mountain, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, the other week he was definitely kicking Lesnar's ass outside the ring with kicks and all this stuff. And then, um, I guess... He goes after Heyman or what have you, and yeah. Lesnar strikes back.
0: Yeah, I think that was definitely the first time he got over on him. Yeah. Uh, but, so I think as far as that feud build goes, I mean, I think we saw a lot more material in previous weeks than we saw this week. Yeah. It was a little odd, too, because they went like 12 minutes over or something. I mean, much yeah. longer than they normally do, and still there just really wasn't a whole lot there.
1: Yeah, it sucks because my my DVR cut out, like I I even extended five extra minutes this week because, you know, I just got this new DVR a few weeks ago, and it's had some trouble on the, say again?
0: Is it the hopper?
1: Nope, nope, I actually, uh, I switched over to a new cable company. Oh, nice. Um, But either way, so I I even went in this week, and uh, I set it to go five minutes after the end of the show. And uh, I still didn't catch it all, so I had to go online and catch it. But,
0: nah, of course.
1: Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I, I don't know. I felt like uh, Heman's speech probably went a little long. Yeah. And uh, I don't
0: know. But, yeah, I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of substance there to, to discuss. But I'm sure we'll have a lot of conversation about how the match goes in the second half. Um, I think before we get to halftime here, we wanted to squeeze in a few other topics. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about Del Rio. Uh, I guess you had some thoughts on him and, and the build for that match.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, with with Del Rio holding the World Heavyweight Championship, you would think, okay, well, that's, that's going to be the second main event of the night, or, okay, so Brock Lesnar and CM Punk are fighting, so maybe uh, the World Heavyweight Championship, maybe that can be, Third main event, but uh, to me it doesn't really feel like a, a main event. Does it feel like that to you?
0: No, no, I don't think they've done it any favors whatsoever.
1: No, and and you know, going going back to WrestleMania, the match between uh, Del Rio and Swagger, no one really cared about that. And uh, you know, the way they've been building this up, I, I don't even think um, Del Rio and Christian got a face to face on Raw. And yeah. You know, that's supposed to be SmackDown's championship, or it's unofficially SmackDown's championship, so maybe they'll have a face-to-face. I'm sure they'll probably have a face-to-face on SmackDown, but you probably could have done more with the two of them uh, on Raw. Yeah. But it just felt like it was lacking something in that, and then uh, how did you feel about Del Rio's match with Kofi Kingston?
0: Right. Uh, I I thought it was fine. I mean, I I like... Um, I think Kofi does a good job of, you know, enhancing people <laughs> when he's called upon to do that.
1: Yeah, but uh, doesn't it doesn't it surprise you at least a little bit that uh, you know the RAW before a pay per view that Del Rio would almost lose to Kofi Kingston?
0: Um, well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me based on how he's been booked lately. But, right. But yeah, I agree. It's it doesn't really. Add any kind of importance to the belt that he holds. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't show him to be any better than anyone.
1: Yeah, and that, that kind of brings up something that uh, you posted on um, the official Guys Nation Wrestling uh, interface on on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I, I guess you saw. I'll I'll let you explain a little bit about that.
0: Well, no, I just you know I try to listen to some of our uh, competition. On other radio shows, um, and you know, they suggested that uh, if Damien Sandow were to cash in, um, that you would really solidify the world heavyweight championship as a mid-card title. Um, I guess implying that he's a mid-card talent, at least that as of press time, and that if you put it on him, uh, it basically reduces the title to that level. And I guess there's something to be said for that. I mean, he hasn't had the intercontinental or the U S or even been involved in a, in a few for them. Um, so it'd be like he just jumped right into the world heavyweight title, which doesn't seem like many guys do. They usually have some sort of U S title run before that. Right. Uh, so I kind of see where they're coming from with that. But I also think it's a little silly because in my opinion, one of the reasons we've had this issue. I mean, obviously it hasn't been booked well and I mean, there's just no excuse for the way they've had Del Rio lose to people. But at the same time, he just, he doesn't, you know, his technical wrestling is good. You know, he can put on good matches on pay-per-views. Sure. But he doesn't, he's not an ambassador of the belt. You know, he doesn't come out and make you believe he's a star and he's, you know, the belt is important to him. You know, I mean, all he ever does is hold it up. There's just no, there's no promos. You know, he doesn't ever right. really make you believe. Um, and again, the booking is a problem too. I mean, that's not his fault. But, right, right. So I think if you get it on a guy like Sandow, I mean, he's going to cut a promo where he talks about the guys that have held... He's going to talk about the NWA. He's going to talk about what Buddy Rogers or whoever else back in the day yeah. held it. Right. Whoever he drew his own name from, I guess <laughs> Sandow was a historical name, right? Oh, uh, yeah,
1: maybe.
0: I think it is, but... Anyway, so I see if he were to get the belt, despite his lack of resume, I think his ability to cut a promo explaining why the belt is a big deal would make the belt not be a mid-card belt.
1: Right, and I I think we got some decent comments there on Facebook about how WWE basically treats it like a mid-card title now. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that the match um, for the pay-per-view is not a big deal and it wasn't a big deal, you know, at prior pay-per-views, and, you know, if you have the heavyweight championship and WWE title on the same show, that it automatically gets treated like a like a mid-card title. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with Sandow, necessarily. I think, you know, that's just how they treat that championship. But, uh, you know, for anyone saying that Sandow hasn't really had any, any championships and you know, he hasn't been there before. Yeah, okay, there's some degree of truth to that. But, I mean, he was feuding with Sheamus um, a month or two ago, right? And I don't think anyone said, wow, Sheamus has really dropped in credibility. I think people said, wow, this is an interesting feud. Or, wow, Sandow seems like he can actually hang with Sheamus, right? So I think if Sandow got the belt Initially, the belt would decline in in stature a little bit, but I think, you know, just like what you were saying, his ability to cut promos, I think he would elevate it beyond what uh, Del Rio has done, for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's ultimately the way I see it going, if he gets the belt. Uh, I think part of the argument was that Sandow is a little too gimmicky and that you don't, that having a gimmick as the core of a guy can be detrimental. But I just... I don't know. I don't feel like he's as much of a gimmick as some people might think. You know, I think a lot of it is really who he is, because yeah, he's so damn smooth at it that it, it just can't be fully a gimmick. I think he's actually legitimately a smart dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think he could do the uh, the gimmick if he wasn't, you know, that kind of dude. I mean, I think yeah. you, know, you couldn't just hand that gimmick over to somebody, you know, just about anybody, and and you, know, you would you would get more failure than. Uh, The success of that. Um, You know, I think something you could, you could certainly uh, say that WWE has lacked over the years is the ability to have a guy who's a gimmick, but also gets pushed. Um, I mean, I think you certainly could have given a championship to uh, the hurricane back in the day. Uh, You, you absolutely could have given a championship to Raven when he was in WWE. I mean, you, you, You've seen how much success he's had in other in other um, federations, uh, getting championships. Yeah. Um, shoot, I, I I don't know that Doink would have been a great uh, person to put a championship on, but uh, <laughs> I tell you what, when when Doink was evil and uh, you know he was finding ways to win, that's a time when you could take a guy who was overly gimmicked and you could you could consider him you know, a viable competitor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I and mean, then we I mean, could, he
0: had some, he had some pretty good matches with like Bret Hart, right? And he had a, a feud with him, didn't he? Yeah.
1: yeah, a little bit. And, uh, he had a, a, one of my favorite, uh, WrestleMania matches was, was his match against crush. And you know, it wasn't That's really right. necessarily all about the moves that they did, but, uh, it was just intriguing the build up to it and the way it went down. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that absolutely worked.
0: But. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot of guys come out with gimmicks now <clears throat> between Sandow and uh, Fandango and Ryback and all the others that have been introduced in the last year. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I don't think it should hold them back. I th- it, the reason I had to make that statement is because I just it, it seems so out of left field that I wanted to see if that's how other people felt. Um, yeah. But it doesn't seem – it seems more like really the issue a lot of people have right now is just the way the belt has been booked. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think the bottom line with that, and we definitely need to move on pretty quick here, but the, I think the bottom line with the belt is that you're just seeing the effects of not having the brand split. And it's just I you know, I guess they could have decided we're just gonna we're gonna close out Raw every once in a while with the World Heavyweight Championship, but they decided not to and it can't maintain relevance unless either it has its own show or it's allowed to close Raw, I think.
1: Right. Something. I don't know that, that that sort of thing will ever happen until Vince McMahon's gone.
0: Yeah, or or they need to unify it. One one idea I had out at left field was, you know, if NXT keeps going on this trajectory where it's it's really getting good and it's its own brand, I mean, fuck, put it down there. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. You know. Yeah. Then it would still be something that guys are truly proud of. Yeah. Getting. You know
1: so I, I guess going from uh, one mid card title to another um, yeah. another big thing that I uh, one of the highlights for me on on raw was the uh, the battle royal for the United States title um, and uh, got a nice little promo before the thing from uh, from uh, Dean Ambrose
0: yeah I don't think we've seen a battle royal outside of uh, the divas in a while right
1: uh, yeah it's been a, it's been a little while I think
0: yeah, I think it's been at least a year. I can't, I can't recall the last time I saw one. But, <clears throat> yeah, so that was cool, and they kind of foreshadowed pretty quickly that it was going to come down to, you know, like Ryback and Mark Henry and, and RVD. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, RVD gets the win, uh, which is cool. I like the pairing of him and Ambrose. And, yeah, the Shields, uh, the Shield's uh, promo I thought was really good. Um, you know, they talk a lot about, and this is where the direction they need to go, I think. You know, people were kind of thinking they might be stale. But they're calling out the old guys, you know. They're saying, the old guard, you know, you're still hanging around. You know, it's time for the new generation. We're hungrier. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I really like that promo. Uh, I think it sets up probably for a tag match with Big Show and Mark Henry. We'll see what happens on SmackDown. Yeah, but uh what, what did you think of it I mean do you like that they went ahead and put that in there even though those guys aren't set up for a match
1: um, yeah a little bit um, kind of the thing that got me about that promo um, you know I obviously um, with as soon as the match started I was like okay Mark Henry's gonna be the one right I mean he's he got the last entrance and all this stuff so I, I was thinking that okay he's gonna be the one Um what I didn't really like about that promo, the promos, though, is, um, you know, one of the things Dean Ambrose said was, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the names of the people in that match, and I'm not seeing anybody that can take this belt off of me, you know, um, save for, uh, what is it, he said, uh, Andre the Giant's Ghost.
0: He's like, yeah, uh, if Andre the Giant's Ghost isn't in that battle royal, then nobody's taking this belt off of me.
1: Yeah, so... You know, part of the promo is them saying that, uh, you know, the young guys taking over, right? Yeah. But they kind of buried everyone that was in the match. And everyone in the match, aside from Rob Van Dam, Mark Henry, Great Khali, are young guys. So it's like, you know, why doesn't Ambrose say something about, uh, you know, you get a lot of great competition in there but none of them are going to beat me.
0: Well, you know I mean? but that's not the Shields MO. I mean, they're their own entity. They don't give a yeah. crap about the rest of the company.
1: Right, but I mean, you did have uh, Seth Rollins say something about, uh, you know, just like we were saying about, you know, the young guys, you know, taking over and whatever.
0: Uh, well, here's what I thought about. I mean, I really loved what Ambrose said um, because he succinctly said in, like, Less than fifteen seconds, uh, that he's the man, nobody's going to beat him, and he treats this championship as if it's the WWE Championship.
1: I did like that part. I will, yeah. I will say that.
0: So, uh, and he, you know, he said this is the title that everybody runs away from, and blah blah blah. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, this is the WWE Championship. And, right. You know, I think that kind of confidence and bravado, I think you gotta. I, I want to see more of that um, because and it's believable in the way that he says it. Um, and I think, you know, going back to what you said about burying people, I mean, admittedly, that's kind of how it comes off. Although, I mean, you got like 3MB in there that just got beat by Kane on a, in a three-on-one. Right. Uh, so, I mean, they're all getting buried outside of Ambrose anyway.
1: Yeah. But
0: But I think the thing is, the guy that won has been getting a mega push. Yeah. And he also fits the bill of what they were ranting against, you know, the guys that are over the hill and still hanging around. Right. Um, so ultimately it sets up a good angle between the two of them in such a short period. You know, it's like they, the last draw before the pay-per-view, they threw this in there and you actually have a good angle between them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that they do something between the two of them on SmackDown because it really would be a shame because you know, they're both talented guys. It's going to be a great match. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how many people want, uh, care about the United States Championship, but I certainly care about this match more than you know two or three of the other matches that are going to be on the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're going to go over all of them. Uh, I think we're coming up on the break here, so when we come back, we will touch on all eight of the matches that are currently set, speculate about anything else that might be thrown into the mix, and stay around with us. And we're back. That's the theme of the man himself, Rob Van Dam. Uh, welcome addition to the roster, I think. He's been pretty exciting since he got back. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've seen him wrestle uh, quite a bit over the past uh, past few years. in the other promotion that we won't talk about because we don't talk about it. <laughs> and, uh... We talked about it last doing week. A lot.
0: What's that? We talked about TNA last week.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Although, uh... I think we had planned to talk about their champion, and I don't think the name Chris Saban came up once. No. That's neither here nor there, literally, figuratively. Um, but, yeah, Rob Van Dam, much better here in WWE than he was
0: over in TNA. Oh, in really? A he's walk. he's stepped up his game a bit?
1: Uh, a little bit, yeah. He just seems more exciting. It seems like a bigger deal. I don't know. Um, He had some good matches. He had a good title reign, but uh, I I saw
0: a funny comment on him uh, a while ago. Some commenter online said uh, RVD's been wrestling the same match every week since nineteen ninety seven.
1: Yeah, if not, (laughs) if not longer than that, yeah, ninety
0: six, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, uh, because really, yeah, he does kind of tend to repeat sequences, but but as the song says, he's one of a kind. I mean, nobody really does it quite like he does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was innovative for there for a little while, but, uh, yeah, he does have his spots during matches where it's just like the same thing.
0: I'm, I'm impressed that he's still at 42, you know, really. And, and you know, just the rumors about him, you know, smoking a lot and all that. You just you figured he might have lost some of that zip and, you know, his ups. But he seems to be just as good as he was 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I think... Last week or the week before, I was probably saying that he should be the one that gets the, uh, the title shot against Alberto Del Rio, and I still stand behind that. But
0: Yeah, but it looks like they're making him earn it first with the U.S. title shot, uh, instead of throwing him directly into the World Heavyweight Championship picture. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, he wins the Battle Royal, and we'll start off our SummerSlam preview section with the... Uh, Pre-show match between Dean Ambrose and RVD, and uh, we'll go ahead and make picks for all these matches. Kind of talk about how we think they're going, or how they'll how they'll go. Um, so, what's your initial vibe on this matchup?
1: I think that this is the first of many matches between these two. Yeah, I think I think Rob Van Dam, even though he does have you know his spots that he repeats in every single match. I think he does have the potential to put on a decent match with somebody who knows what they're doing. And I think Dean Ambrose is dynamic enough and creative enough that he's going to put on a good match with Rob Van Dam. And I don't think that this is Rob Van Dam's night to win the belt. Um, And I think think however it ends, it's going to end with Dean Ambrose keeping the belt, and they will have another match down the line. And Rob Dam will probably win the belt at that point. But yeah, my, my pick for this match is officially Dean Ambrose retaining.
0: Yeah, um, I think you're on the right track there. Thinking that they're going to have an extended feud. Uh, which, in my opinion, would be great. Um, I think that would do wonders for both guys. Um not that RVD necessarily needs it, but, you know, it gets him back in the groove of things. Instead of just being a guy that's jumping around, he needs a good feud, and Ambrose very much needs a good feud, and it shouldn't be with a guy like like Fandango or, you know, another newbie. It needs to be with an established guy.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it would have been a mistake to have Dean Ambrose feud with Mark Henry.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh,
1: there's um, only so much that Dean Ambrose can do against Mark Henry.
0: <laughs> definitely. Uh, although, you know, I, I, I have bought into the, uh, the wrestling community that's on the internet's uh, darling was Dean Ambrose for a while here. And I've, I've started to buy-in. Initially, I wasn't sure what they were talking about. But uh, I find myself glued to the TV when he's on. So I'm really looking forward to this match. I do think he retains as well. Um, but I think much like last pay-per-view... Uh, money in the bank. The pre show was the Shield versus the Usos and it was arguably the best match we saw on night as far as you know, just excitement and uh, not really knowing who was gonna win. You know? Right. So <clears throat> suspense I guess would be the right word for that. So <laughs> I think uh, I think Ambrose and R V D could potentially repeat that, steal the show a little bit. Um sure. yeah, I, I like Ambrose to win. I suspect you could see a S.H.I.E.L.D. run in, uh, and you could see Big Show and Mark Henry come out to, I don't know, protect RVD after he loses or something, which right. could then lead to a match being set later in the show between uh, Big Show and Henry and, and the S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Yeah, if, if that's not set up on uh, on SmackDown, which yeah. you and I talked about it earlier off-air, off, off air, um, that's very possible. Uh, we, we don't read spoilers, so we don't know... But there's a chance that's already set up somewhere out in, the, out in the world.
0: Yep. So, all right, looks like we agree there. Now, the match that I, I'm... We're going to go in the order that I kind of predict we might see at the pay-per-view. I mean, not that it really matters, but I'm thinking the next one we'll see is what I like to call Ziglin versus uh, Big AJ. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, any couple has to have that... That uh, right.
1: the brains are a factor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, kind of an odd setup here. I mean, we we thought maybe we'd see Ziggler Big E culminate at Summerslam, but instead we've got a mixed tag match. And they've been essentially more about the Caitlyn and AJ kind of feud than it has been about Ziggler and Big E. And I almost think that they were kind of stuck with that because they never really developed any reason for Ziggler and Big E to hate each other. Right. You know, I think that's partially why they didn't end up getting into a a direct feud is that it was really always about AJ. Yeah.
1: And I think, uh, you know, Big E cut that promo as he was walking to the ring. You know, they showed the pre-tape promo from Big E where he said, uh, something along the lines of, you know, Dolph always needed him. He never needed Dolph. Right. Um, that's, that's about as much hype as they put into this match between between the fellas, right? Yeah,
0: and I sent you an email. I guess it's worth mentioning as we talk about this since I don't know that we can have much debate about the match. But, uh, you know, they do these – I'm a uh, what they call a cord cutter, so I don't have cable. So I tend to watch a lot of YouTube, um, got it set up where I can watch my TV. So I watch a lot of the stuff that WWE posts. And they usually do these backstage follow-up videos that are, like, five minutes long after SmackDown and Raw. And usually there's two or three segments. <clears throat> you know, they'll talk to Wade Barrett about how he felt getting his beard halfway shaved, or they'll talk to <laughs> Big Show about how he felt coming back, things like that. So they decide to talk to Kalin and Dolph Ziggler about the match and all this, and, and Caitlin's like, yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on her, and blah, 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 blah. And then they... They throw it to Ziggler, and he just says, yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on Big E. What do you think, Caitlin? And it was just <laughs> like... He basically repeated Caitlin, who is uh, a friggin' diva that hasn't been around f- for longer than two cups of coffee, basically repeated what she just said and added nothing to it, and then threw right. it back at her.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, um, he obviously didn't care about the promo.
0: He did not care one bit about that video. No, and, then, uh, and then you go... Cut to AJ and she's doing her, you know, psychotic acting and it's like, it's believable.
1: Yeah, well, she's AJ like, killed she's it.
0: like having voices in her head during it in the span of 20 seconds. I mean, it was good. Yeah, oh,
1: AJ killed it during that promo. Yeah, I think, uh, I think your email was the link and you asked me, uh, you know, my thoughts on who did the best in that. And it was AJ hands down, but yeah, the real story, um, yeah, so it's kind I, of about Ziggler sucking, right?
0: Yeah, and so I just want to make a couple comments, you know, because and this is as good a time as any, because like I said, I don't know that I mean, what are we going to debate about this match? It's really more about where Dolph Ziggler finds himself and, and why. Right. Um, now, I'll preface this with saying he did get the concussion that was supposedly legit. So, you know, it's understandable that he he, he lost a storyline that he probably should have had. Um, and that maybe this is that's been a big part of his derailment but i also think he's got an he's got an issue himself um this guy comes off as the jock you know like the good looking jock out of high school yeah uh by all accounts he just slays women right there's all these stories yeah, sure. about his his prowess in bed and absolutely um, and the most natural i've ever heard him on the mic was when he was going off on aj and she had his luggage you know about how he's made multiple sets of keys. You know, that was the only time I've ever heard him sound like he was speaking from the heart. Yeah. You know, he's a player. Sure. Um, And so I just get to wondering, you know, when he can't even muster up enough to give an s about this backstage video, which was taking up 60 seconds of his life for his job that he gets paid six figures for. I mean, I just can't see the WWE getting behind a guy that, that can't, Put in the effort for something like that. It just yeah, made no I, sense to me.
1: I think he needs to switch back to being heel. <laughs> I, yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think deep down in his heart, he is a heel. You know, I mean, well,
0: that's what I was getting at is that I think he is that that guy that got all the girls in high school and you know picked on dudes and and you know and. I was almost thinking, you know, it's almost like a hot chick. You know, he didn't have to really develop a personality. <laughs> He's always gotten over on his ability and his looks, you know. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think he can he could probably cut up promo. I think it's just a matter of uh, getting him into the right situation and getting him into a spot that he cares about. Yeah. I mean, it's a backstage thing that was probably set up more to be about Caitlin getting more mic time, more practice than it was about Ziggler. He probably knew that.
0: And yeah, plus... but p- but part of why I mentioned it and, you know, and it's going to sound, because I'm sure most of our audience doesn't watch it, but, and so it sounds like it's just a stupid YouTube thing, but honestly, anytime anybody else is on it, they're bringing their character to the table. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll, they'll put the primetime players on there, and they're like, you know, Afro-picking each other and blowing the whistle. I mean, they're doing all their shtick. Um... You know, RVD even was kind of somewhat entertaining on it a few weeks yeah. ago. You know, so it's like everybody takes it seriously. He oh, was yeah. the only one that didn't.
1: <laughs> from yeah, what I've and seen. For, the, for the most part, people kill it on that thing. I mean, uh, you know, I think they do a better job in those videos than they do in the ring half the time. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it was a little disappointing that uh, Ziggler kind of mailed it in or, you know, didn't didn't do a great job. Um I don't know whether he was trying or not. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know. It just really bothered me because you got to have that aspect. You know, the, he can sell all he wants in the ring and I think everybody agrees he puts on good matches, but he's got to... He's got to make the most of his mic time too.
1: Yeah. I think
0: yeah, that's, I mean, I, that's what he needs to get to the next level.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's probably just biding his time until his title reign at this point. Yeah. Um... But I, I think you've mentioned in the past that you you don't see what uh, what you don't understand why people would would go for Randy Orton um, that you really don't you really don't see anything of value there. And uh, I, mean, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean I've been over the top with commentary. I mean I do think he he is a main event type guy. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, but I I think I think Randy Orton the more the more you'll get to see him do interesting things on the mic. And uh, with his wrestling ability, you know, I, I think that's where that's where people will start to see, you know, that Randy Orton is far better than he's been in the past year or two.
0: If he becomes a heel, probably, I guess, is what you're implying. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I, I think I think it's the same thing with Ziggler. I think, you know, just like certain people are natural faces, I think certain people are natural heels. And I think. Yeah. I think that's what you got in.
0: Uh, and it certainly seems like really the heels get all the the good promos lately. Um, I mean, the only faces ever cutting promos are Punk and Cena, really. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. But that's enough on that. Uh, so, for this match, who are you leaning towards?
1: Um, Ziggler and Caitlyn. Zigglin.
0: Yeah. Same with you? Um, huh. Yeah, well, it seems likely because... AJ's gotten over on Kalen so many times lately. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to have to agree on that.
1: Well, I mean, ha- how surprised were you on Raw that uh, that big AJ lost to Natty and
0: Kali? You mean Kaladi? <laughs> uh, yeah. Katalia? Wa- it was odd. And did you notice how they botched the ending on that?
1: Yeah. Because,
0: yeah, uh, I mean- and Natalia put her in the sharpshooter and then, like, let go of it too early before the ref could call for the bell. Yeah, then she Normally was like, they held it hand. in and threw the bell. Yeah. And so she just, like, let go. And that was really odd. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I wonder if that was planned or not. But either way, that's not going to help.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, don't know whose fault. Yeah, that, that was way, an odd sir. loss.
0: Yeah. That was an odd loss and I, I, I do wonder where they're going to go with all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Because these these people have to go somewhere afterwards. AJ still has the belt.
1: Right. But... Yeah, and uh, how, how quickly they dropped Layla, right? I mean, when's was the last yeah, time she you saw Layla do anything?
0: Well, I think she said she wanted attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> On, uh, like, two Smackdowns ago. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so we agree on that one. Not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Ziegler gets something in the in the future. So the next one that I think is coming up would be the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it's been at the beginning of the show, several pay per views. I don't see any reason to suspect that's going to change. Yeah, I think unless you're, they want to probably... put Sandow and Rhodes first.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on with the placement of that. I think it'll be second match of the night.
0: Yeah, because you're probably going to want to have it come down after Ambrose and RVD. Uh, so now we're looking at Del Rio Christian. We mentioned earlier the build's been kind of odd. Um, just, you know, not a lot of energy behind this one. Um, they did a nice little package on Christian on Raw, showing his career and everything. But, yeah, but the whole thing is about the one more match that you hate, right?
1: Yeah. And the whole, the whole thing where they hyped up Christian... Um, Half of it was um, built around his tag team matches that he's had, and it seemed like almost the the whole other half was just showing him walk to the ring and having people cheer for him. I mean, right. there weren't there weren't a lot of great classic Christian moments. Uh, you know, oh, he had this great match with so and so, or you know, oh, and he had that championship, whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, as far as promo packages go, you know the. WWE does such a good job of putting together things. That one didn't seem to be up there with their usual quality.
1: Yeah. I, I think they just didn't have a lot of content to go with. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... So, you know, with this...
0: Yeah, with this match, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards Del Rio retaining. Uh, they've just had... They've had Christian kind of get over on him, and he's been losing a lot. Um... I don't know. I mean, I guess in a sense it would make sense to have Christian win and give Sando an opportunity to cash on a face, but I, I just don't see it. I think with the lack of build, I can't see a title change occurring. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Del Rio on this one.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's changing hands. Um, I don't think you can go from Del Rio with some lackluster opponents to Christian and have anyone other than Del Rio face him and I just, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Um, I got Del Rio retaining.
0: Yeah. All right. Three for three. Now one that might be a little more interesting to talk about is the money in the bank world heavyweight championship holder, Damian Sandow against his former partner, Cody Rhodes. Um, a lot of good stuff in the build for these guys. Um, you know, Rhodes has kind of gotten back at Sandow for throwing him off the ladder by throwing the briefcase into the Gulf of Mexico. Sandow looks like a moron jumping into the water. Uh, Rhodes kind of, you know, digs it out and shows the seaweed and the contract screwed up. So Sandow comes back with his Sandoized briefcase briefcase um, and came out with like a pair of handcuffs on Raw. Right. uh so, you know, you've gotten a little bit of creativity with the build between these guys. Uh, they haven't specified that the match is going to be for the contract or briefcase or whatever. Um, I guess it's possible they do that on SmackDown, but I'm thinking if they had not said it yet, it's probably not going to happen.
1: Yeah, and, and I think given how many people don't watch SmackDown, I think it would be a disappointment at this point if uh, if they just... You know, threw it as a ladder match, or made the stipulation that the be- that the uh, briefcase is on the line. I think it'd be a disappointment if they um, just book that at this point. You know, in the very last show. You know, two days away from from the event. Um, yeah. But that's the direction they should have gone. But so what you have? Here,
0: well, at the same time, though, you this is a rare instance of a straight up one-on-one feud match. Yeah. No, no gimmicks. No no DQ, no, you know, uh, submission only. I mean, it's just a straight-up match. Yeah. Which is, it's been a while since they've done that.
1: Yeah, just good old grudge match, as they call it.
0: Yeah, and these, these two guys, by all accounts, are kind of historians of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted it to go this way. Um, if they didn't want to have the briefcase involved. Because that also opens up the door for them to have... A rematch, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I, I would think that there's going to be probably uh, at least two pay-per-view matches between these two, possibly a third. Um, we'll just have to see how they let that all play out. But yeah, yeah. things things are certainly not going to be over between the two of them as of this pay-per-view.
0: So who are you leaning towards on this?
1: Um, I'm leaning towards Damian Sandow. I think at this point, you know, with a lot of people saying that he's not all that credible, and how you know if he cashes in and wins the world heavyweight championship, that um, you know that it takes a big step back. You know, I think that a lot is a lot can be said about that, just from the perspective that yeah, okay, he doesn't have a ton of credibility. So I, I would say give him a give him a win over uh, Cody Rhodes on this pay per view. And whether or not he actually uh, gets a clean win or not, it's still, you know, to me, a win is a win on a pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, it would definitely enhance him a bit. Um, And he really hasn't had any major pay-per-view wins, which is another problem with his resume. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Damien. I'd like to see that. But really, I'm leaning towards Rhodes here. Um, And the reason being, I suspect... You know, as we both have discussed, that they're going to have a rematch. But, and I think the storyline lends itself better to Rhodes winning um, because then what you would have is Sandow being, and I'm assuming it's not going to be just a straight up clean victory. I mean, we never freaking see that anymore. He'll get distracted. Something will happen. Damien wasn't ready. You know, There's something will occur that you know he's like, I, this is BS. You know, this is. You know, this is unfathomable, uh, unacceptable, you know, and he rants <laughs> and raves afterwards about how the match was a sham. Um,
1: travesty and, of justice.
0: Right, a travesty mockery. Yeah. And he'll he'll dictate that they're going to have a rematch at Battleground and he will put the briefcase up on the line. So I, I see Rhodes winning this one, leading to Sandow, you know, getting further frustrated with him, and that's when you finally get the briefcase on the line next pay-per-view.
1: All right, so it uh, looks like we definitely disagree about that one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be way happier with my outcome than if it were to be yours. So uh, well, at, least you, at least you can be happy when you're wrong. How about that?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I guess my persuasive abilities are not too strong. Uh, so now we have uh, Kane versus Bray White in a, what they call a Ring of Fire match. I don't know if we've determined if that's any different than an Inferno match, but uh, there's going to be a lot of fire.
1: Yeah, I I was, I was happy to see on Raw that they did actually say that the Ring of Fire match is going to include fire circling the ring. Right. With the same natural gas type uh, piping around it that they had back in the Inferno match days. Very happy to see that.
0: Yeah, and... Uh Wyatt said some stuff about, you know, he was going to turn fire around on him. Uh, I think it was on I think that was on SmackDown and he's like, "Let me tell you a secret, Kane, I'm already dead" or something like that, you know. Yeah. So the the build for this has been pretty pretty cool. Um, you get uh, another interaction on on Raw where the Wyatt's try to come out and get Kane and he disappears to the top of the ramp. Uh so, I really like Bray Wyatt's acting. It's, it's going to be cool to see him in the ring. Um, I'm guessing they'll do some interesting spots with the fire itself. You know, maybe they'll fireproof Bray Wyatt in some way and allow him to actually touch the fire to prove that he's this supernatural being, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, I think I think it's far more likely that something happens with Bray Wyatt getting engulfed in flame than there is Kane getting it, but... Uh yeah, yeah. So, no, so you leaning?
0: Do you got a you got a direction on this one? You're leaning towards Kane. It sounds maybe.
1: I'm definitely leaning towards Kane. I I, I don't think Bray Wyatt's gonna win win
0: this match. How about you? Okay. Um, I'm actually leaning towards Wyatt. Um, I think I think that he's he's then he's going to get a mega push. I think. Um. And I, for whatever reason, I just feel like part of that has to be, um, proving that he is what he says he is in his first match. Um, that if he comes out and just gets pwned by Kane, that it kind of just defeats all the buildup. Um, so I'm just leaning towards him winning. I feel like there's going to be some sort of gimmick where he's protected from the fire. Um... You know, and and obviously, I'm sure there's some historical kind of annoyance, you know, that some guy could come in and then defeat Kane at his own match, you know, then he's been around 18 years or however long it's been, but that's what I'm leaning on. Uh, I think it lends the story lends itself to the storyline better if if Bray gets over um, and like Kane is you know abducted thereafter or something, and you know, whatever. Maybe, we, maybe could, we see Undertaker come back for a short program too.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I just, I'm just thinking that uh, first of all, it is essentially Kane's match with the Fire. Uh, I think he could lose it, but I personally wouldn't go that route. Um, I think the storyline works better if Ray Wyatt shows that Kane can't destroy him, that Kane could defeat him, but not destroy him. And that doesn't change Bray Wyatt's resolve at all. I just don't know how Bray Wyatt continues to go after Kane if Kane lays a smackdown on him, and
0: you know, I don't know. Right. So either way, you see, I mean, you do still see the the feud continuing. Yeah. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, and and I guess I guess what I was trying to say is, if if Wyatt beats Kane, then why does Wyatt continue to go after Cain, or I guess maybe Kane goes after him at that point
0: um, yeah I mean I was just it's you know it's so far down the future and there's all sorts of speculation but I mean just the the thought in my head was that you know you would have Kane you'd have some more vignettes of Cain, like down there on the farm or something you know that they've got him there and they're they're uh, doing rituals on him or something
1: yeah I, no, I could see that, or maybe he's trying to track Bray Wyatt down. I don't know that 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 would be an entertaining uh, entertaining route to go. I just yeah, I don't see it going that route. All
0: so. right, well, another disagreement. That's always good. So we'll see what happens. Uh, now, our second main event of the evening, we are looking at CM Punk versus the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar, um, with Paul Heyman. Right. Uh, so. You know, big time match here. A lot of good build for it. Um, we've previously talked about Blesner's record; hasn't been super stellar. Uh, although I guess didn't he win two out of three over Triple H? So I mean, technically he won that feud. Right. But he lost to uh, Cena at Extreme Rules, and I guess that's about it for what he's done. So uh, now he goes up against Punk. Punk's been on kind of a losing streak, as we've talked about. So, a big match here. A lot of the build was between Heyman and Punk, but uh, Lesnar made it personal in the last minute here. Um, we've seen a lot of weapons being used, but I don't think it's been ruled as a no-DQ unless I didn't hear.
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything about that. But, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think this will just be a straight-up match. Um, you know, I think, you know, yeah, they've they've made it a little more personal between Lesnar and Punk with uh, the promo that we got from Lesnar right, as of last week's SmackDown, that they replayed on Raw. Um, yeah, they made, it, they made it a little more interesting. Um, I don't personally see the feud between CM Punk and Paul Heyman ending at this pay-per-view regardless of what the outcome is. Um, but for me, the direction I'm going... Is that uh, Brock Lesnar is going to win this match because if Brock Lesnar doesn't win this match, I don't know what he goes on to next. I don't see him, you know, getting a rematch with CM Punk right away. If they if they were going to do that route, they should have done that a month ago. So to me, the only option is to have Brock Lesnar beat CM Punk.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue. Um, being a part timer, you know, there's a limited set of guys Lesnar could feud with. Um, and really, if he's going to have a big role at WrestleMania 30, which it sounds like he is, uh, or at least, you know, it seems to be implied. I think he was on the poster that they already released. Right. Uh, you know, he probably needs this win. He needs a big kind of iconic video package win uh, that can help build him up when he's not on TV. So, yeah, this, uh, this feels like a Lesnar win Punk got on over on him, you know, to close out the week leading up to the pay-per-view. So, you know, usually that's a sign of the direction they're leaning, and I just don't see that. I don't see any swerve coming with this one. No, uh, probably not. Yeah, and you've you got the Paul Heyman factor. Um, I don't see Heyman directly affecting the outcome. I see him being a thorn in CM Punk's side and distracting him or, you know, Kind of drawing his tension occasionally, just because Punk hates him so much. Um, But I don't think we're going to have any situation where like Heyman hits Punk with a chair and Lesnar gets the win off of that. I think he's just going to get a clean win.
1: Okay, see, I I would go the I would go the opposite direction. I would say that uh, the outcome has to involve some some sort of involvement by Paul Heyman, where you know maybe it's running close there at the end, maybe. Uh, Paul Heyman distracts the referee. Brock Lesnar taps out. You know, CM Punk thinks he's got it won, so he lets go of the hold. Turns out the referee didn't see it. You know, CM Punk starts to go after Paul Heyman, and then boom, Lesnar gets him, puts him away, and it's done. And then, you know, CM Punk no longer has the the beef with uh, Brock Lesnar. That the whole deal at that point goes directly on Heyman.
0: Yeah. I think the—I mean—I agree with your your thoughts on where the story is going to go. I do think it continues with Punk and Heim, and I just—I don't know if I see that's much direct involvement. But either way, we agree on the winner, right? So uh, <clears throat> that'll be exciting. I, I really think uh, between that one and the Ambrose RVD, one of those two will probably end up being the best actual match. Although you know, we'll see with Cena Brian. That could easily steal the show as well, but yeah, possibly. So now we have one that was just thrown together for Total Divas, Natalia versus Bree, because I guess uh, Nikki's hurt, so not going to have a tag match. But uh, Natalia, you know, she, she got told at the last minute she wasn't going to have a uh, WrestleMania match, so now she gets a <laughs> SummerSlam match. Right. I wonder if they sat her down for this one, too.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we were thinking that uh, you were going to have the week off, but we're going to need you in the ring.
0: Do you think what? they sat? you think they sat down, Eva Marie, and were like, "We don't think we're gonna find room for you on the SummerSlam card."
1: No, but they probably <laughs> did that with the Funkodactyls.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they throw this one together. I I assume it's just to uh, pump up the show a little bit. Yeah. Got any idea on who you think's winning?
1: Oh yeah, I th- I think it's definitely a, a Nightheart night. I think I think she's definitely gonna be the one to win. Because I think the Bellas, um, they're better served to just be annoying and not all that credible than uh, than to you know have any kind of clout to hold over there yeah, over someone else's head and say, oh, you know, I beat you, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I
0: this whole thing, yeah, this whole thing sets up for you know Natalia and uh, the Actals to dance afterwards.
1: Right. Great colleague coming out.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna pick Brie, just so I disagree. Okay. And uh, I think she's really hot. So. Uh,
1: I can't. I can't remember exactly which one is she. Is she the uh, the implants or the push up? Push up. Okay.
0: Daniel Bryan's chick.
1: Okay. She's actually hotter than her sister anyway. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Nikki's trying to be Kim Kardashian, you know, with like the bubble butt and big tits and all that. Uh, maybe so. Yeah, and she acts like it too. If I don't know if you saw the Total Deals. Oh
1: yeah, she's, she's like this
0: she's... is a business meeting, and you can't like just blow off business and business and business. It's like oh my god.
1: Yeah, she's the more annoying of the two. No yeah. doubt about that. Right.
0: Yeah. All right, Gabri. So the <laughs> uh, the final main event of the night is the one we've all been waiting for. Hopefully they get a good twenty minutes, and we get an amazing match. We've seen, despite everybody's uh, thought that Cena can't wrestle, we've seen them put on some great matches. Uh, most recently, one with Punk on uh, Raw for the number one contender, mm-hmm. leading up to WrestleMania. So let's let's hope you can put on a similar show with Daniel Bryan.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they give it thirty
0: minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know, thirty would be fine too, but at least yeah. twenty, like a 10-minuter would be a big-time disappointment. I'd okay. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot to a lot to dissect here. Um, you got David versus Goliath, underdog versus Established Superstar. You've got Triple H as the special guest referee. You've got Brad Maddox uh, in Vince's pocket, at least it seems that way. I'm sure Vince will come out in some capacity, maybe on commentary, I don't know.
1: Oh, he'll be there.
0: So, what are you thinking about this? Do you have any theories about it? And then, of course, you have the Orton situation. Yeah. Uh, so, any theories in your head about this one?
1: Yeah, I, I think all of that's going to come into play. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match. I'm predicting that Daniel Bryan will, in fact, defeat John Cena in a close match. Hmm. I think he's going to be the new champion. And I think... Um, You know, Triple H will be very wary of Vince McMahon. And then, at the end, Randall K. Orton cash in. And yet again, Daniel Bryan will have a uh, a moment that's less than stellar with the championship because he will no longer have it.
0: Right. So how do you see the Orton situation actually going down because you are going to have Cena there Right, you're going to have Triple H there at a minimum. Those two guys are going to be out there. You may have Vince out there. Yeah. How do you see the whole thing playing out when Orton actually comes down with his briefcase?
1: Um, it sounds to me like you're saying you think uh, Triple H or John Cena would stop Randy Orton from cashing in money in the bank?
0: I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the fact that they're there it's a slightly different situation than we've seen in other caches. You know, You normally the guy that just lost, you know, he's already rolled out of the ring. He doesn't give an F. Right. But Or it's the champion that retained, you know. So in this situation, you're going to have seen that just lost the belt. Yep. He's supposedly been trying to give Brian respect. You would think he's, you're never going to see Cena like crumpled up in a heap. So he's probably going to be on his feet already. Um... And Triple H is going to be there, who's already wanted to defend Brian and thinks he deserves it and all that. I'm not saying they jump in, but I just think we have to consider that they're there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a different
0: situation than most Cashins.
1: I think there could be a situation where Daniel Bryan is physically spent. You know, he gets the belt, John Cena has to help put it on him. You know, he wants to give Daniel Bryan his moment to celebrate in the ring by himself. So John Cena walks off, kind of dejected, and you know maybe claps a couple times for Daniel Bryan. Walks off, and uh, then Randy Orton shows up. You know, sees how you know how bad Daniel Bryan is um, in terms of uh, being able to stand on his own, and uh, just cashes in right there. Maybe he hits him with an RKO. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he hits the RKO before he even cashes it in.
0: Yeah, um, so you're thinking maybe we get to a point where the celebration has been going on for a couple minutes, and you're, you've already seen people start to walk away from the ring, and, and Brian's still out there.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you're going to see that that celebration start right at about ten forty Eastern time, and uh, it's gonna be like, wow, okay, the match was pretty long, but you know they could have still gone another five minutes. I guess they're going to give Daniel Bryan his his due, and then. Uh, then out, you know, Orton's gonna pop out out of nowhere and just, you know, hit the uh, the RKO, and then. I, so I think that's the route that they're gonna go.
0: Yeah, I think you have to have an RKO out of nowhere. Um, that feels like something I'm gonna hear in a couple of days, but. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I. I very much buy into your theory here. But I don't, I don't feel like Brian's actually going to win the belt. I mean, I would love to see it. Obviously, that would just be a spectacular moment. Um, we don't often get to see new champs lately, um, so that's a pretty big deal. anytime a guy gets the belt for the first time, I just feel like it's not time for Brian yet. Um, and I guess in a sense, if you're saying Randall. Randall K. Orton is going to, to cash right afterwards, and essentially it wasn't Brian's time anyway. But still, I just don't see the celebration happening. I think I think in some way um, Brian takes the loss, but it's not like fully legitimate. Um, something maybe happens behind Triple H's back. I don't know. Something where Brian has a beef still with Cena and is not going to just walk away. See, um, to me, to me, John Cena made a,
1: a comment at the end of that promo uh, between he and Daniel Bryan on Raw where he said, you know, if you want to be given respect like uh, The Rock, like uh, Shawn Michaels, like those guys, you'll, ha- you'll have to beat me first. And to me, I, you know, I don't see a whole lot of... Future between John Cena versus Daniel Bryan and the in the role that they've got now, I I don't I don't see them having another match down the line where the the build is essentially the same thing where you know this is Daniel Bryan's one more match you know is one more chance to, to hit the big time right yeah. I mean I think I think you have to have a moment in this match where you know because of this match where John Cena says. Daniel Bryan is to be respected. He beat me. He is to be respected. I respect this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly believable and I can easily see it going that way. I just have this feeling that they're not gonna that we're not gonna see that celebratory moment. I'm not sure exactly how that's gonna go. The other thought I had was I've I've heard or at least I've I've seen the question asked and I you know I don't know how legit this is. I mean there's no WWE handbook that we all have access to. But can Randall Keith Orton cash in during the match?
1: Oof. Uh, possibly? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't predict that to happen. Is that, is that something that you think could could show up?
0: I'm just trying to think of alternatives if we don't have Ryan Wynn and our, and Randall, Keith Orton cash on him. Um, which, I mean, it was your prediction and I, I I feel like that's a very likely scenario. But I just have this instinct that I'm not going to see Daniel Bryan hold the belt up. Um, and, you know, a swerve of Orton cashing before the match is over would be Something new would create a lot of controversy. I guess that's what I'm saying. I I, I suspect there's going to be controversy at the end of this match. Right, okay. right. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I just don't see a clean situation, as you've predicted, and or you know, or just John Cena winning clean and like Randy Orton doesn't cash. You know, I just I feel like there's going to be some sort of controversy. There's going to be some sort of massive fallout on RAW. Right. Um, and that's just one of the angles that popped in my head as, as to how that might come to play. So,
1: j- just for the record, you're predicting Cena wins. Are you predicting that Randy Orton walks out with the championship? No. Okay.
0: I, Some think, pre- I think somehow we don't see Randy Orton at all on the pay-per-view. Ooh. And I feel like we're going to see him on Raw. Okay. I think out of sight, out of mind. We don't see him on the pay-per-view. Suddenly people are, are not even thinking about the caching. We feel like the, the opportunity came and went. Uh, and then he does it to close out Raw. Okay. Uh, completely out of left field. I'm just going on gut instinct. That's just what what it feels like to me.
1: Well, I, I think something you said earlier is kind of it kind of rings true. Is that, you know, despite what you'd like to see, despite what you're thinking you might see, you have this sinking feeling. And I always get that sinking feeling about John Cena matches. <laughs> so I'm right there with you because it's like there's a lot of cool things they could do. There's a lot of interesting things they might do. A lot of things that you know are possible, but they just they don't seem to. To go down that route with uh, when John Cena is involved, so you know it's not surprising at all that that somebody would have you know that sinking feeling that something that could be awesome is not going to come to fruition.
0: Um, I think you know it goes back to the Dolph Ziggler cash in a Mania, right? It didn't happen; we didn't see him, and then the next night it happens. Yeah, and you get an even bigger moment, right? Because that rock crowd is just different.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still see, uh, I still see something happening on the pay per view because I think, I think it just sets up too well for Vince McMahon to not want Daniel Bryan to leave the building with the belt. And I think Randy Orton is the perfect opportunity for him to squash that and still give Daniel Bryan some credibility with, with giving him a victory.
0: Yeah. Well, and as our listeners will learn, I like to play both sides. So. I think your prediction is better than mine, but I still have a prediction. Okay. Uh, And that is that I feel like Cena's going to win, and I don't expect to see Randall Keith Orton. I feel like they're going to keep him away from the broadcast um, because that adds to the out-of-nowhere that we eventually see from him.
1: Okay. Well, it works out well because... uh... I think your prediction on Kane versus Wyatt was better so
0: <laughs> so if
1: it's any consolation
0: sure yeah well how many did we disagree on was it four we'll probably end up tied one
1: two three
0: four four yeah so we'll both go like six and two yeah uh, or five and three two and six <laughs> yeah
1: and Not we're guaranteed at the... least
0: two and six right what's that well, one of us is guaranteed two and six, I guess.
1: Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, it should, should be a,
0: an interesting
1: <laughs> thing for you, regardless of... Uh, you know, if I go two and six, then uh, it will have been an interesting event
0: yeah and as we close out the show with uh, Randy Orton's music uh, I'm predicting that we won't hear it on Sunday and you're predicting that we will but either way it's shaping up to be a pretty damn interesting SummerSlam are you going to order it fine sir
1: uh, it depends there's uh, there's a movie playing at a local theater here that, uh, that hasn't been in theaters in a couple decades so I might go see that and catch the replay at 11 oh uh,
0: well. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Not the answer I expected. Lock, <laughs> uh, stock, and free smoking barrels. I guess I won't send you any uh, reactionary text during it.
1: No, there, there's no chance I can get people to go, and go see that movie. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably order it. Right on. How about you? But, Are you going to order it?
0: I wasn't going to because I'm actually going to the live show on Friday. Oh, nice. Here in uh, the great Pacific Northwest. Uh, first time they've come around since. I got here, they don't have any RAWs scheduled, so I said, screw it, I'll just go to the Stupid House show. Maybe so. Last one before SummerSlam. Um, I'm a little worried that that means it's going to be... Uh, why is this listed? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was listed for Saturday for a second. Um, I'm a little worried that means it's going to be bare. Maybe some of the guys aren't going to be there. Maybe I get stuck with like a Great Collie JTD main event. But uh, either way, I got pretty good seats. It was only 50 bucks. So.
1: Nice. No, I, I think, I think because, uh, because that'll be the last opportunity for them to get, get ready for the pay-per-view, and uh, because it's a house show and, and no one really cares exactly what the outcomes are, Yeah, I, I think you will have a better show than uh, what we get on SmackDown.
0: Hope so. I can only pray that Mr. Money in the Bank, Damien Sandow, my intellectual savior, the Sultan of Sophistication will be there to uh, cleanse the unwashed masses of, of this fine city. I think you can count on that. That would be fantastic. Well, we'll see how our predictions hold up. Uh, I think I'll probably post a little bit during the show on Facebook, so you might want to stay away from that. Yeah, okay.
1: alright. Well.
0: Or you might want to, but our fans would love to go. And they could talk to us on Facebook. Uh, also, at the Guys Nation website, when we post there, we're on iTunes. We've got the RSS feed up. And uh, I think that's it. We got Twitter also. We got the tweeters.
1: Yep, there you go.
0: All right, see you next week. I have a good one.